Welcome, I'm Father Mitch Pacwa, and welcome to EWTN Live, where we bring you guests from around the world. Now, tonight, we'll have a conversation with a physicist. He is the director of the Institute for Advanced Physics. He's also a world-class Thomist. He gained worldwide recognition in theoretical physics by solving an 80-year-old problem that Einstein had within his theory. He's also been a senior scientist of Caltech's Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, known for short as LIGO. All I know is Legos. <laughs> but he does LIGO. And that's with words that most of us don't know, like interferometer. <laughs> this is a project that won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 2017. He's also the author of 11 books containing new and important physics that changes the way we think about everything, including history. And he has looked deeply at history. He's also been a guest on EWTN for the last 19 years, so please welcome Dr. Anthony Rizzi. Good to be here. <laughs> well, so as far as physics goes, the world is still working? The world's still working, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A <laughs> new, new, lot of new understandings of how it works and what's working. Yeah, and see, this is something that's very important because one of the dangers in modern scholarship is that everybody becomes so much an expert over a very small part. There, it's not even that you're a physicist. You have to divide physics into specialties, right. chemistry into specialties, and so on. Yeah. And then uh, you just know that one area really well, yeah. but being able to pull the rest of the world together is lost. Yeah. That it, happens in a lot of our education. Yeah, it's like the whole education is disintegrated. Each part yes. is not connected to the whole. And that's, that's a, a function of the loss of our simple physics that you get through the senses. Because everything you know comes through what you know through the senses, but it's general. It's not particular. So what we've become is sort of particular, particularist. All we care about is the particular and organizing the particular and not about the general. So mm -hmm. I can say something general about all physical things, mm -hmm. and then I can cover all subjects that have to do with physical things. Mm -hmm. But we don't know how to do that anymore, so we've lost that general that the specific lives in, so we, don't, we can't talk to each other. So, so within physics, like you're saying, most people don't realize there's like theoretical and there's experimental. And that's a divide in which it's hard to talk across that. Yeah, <laughs> so, so and, you, you, and then there's also physics in terms of the, the cosmos, you know, that the, the very large ranging physics mm -hmm. of how things work in outer space, and then physics here right. on, you know, so in, in a, on smaller systems the, like the, Earth. There, there's like, within physics, there's the subdivisions like within theoretical and, and experimental, there's astrophysics, which is what you're talking about, the mm -hmm. cosmos, and then there's um, condensed matter, which is more about things that you can see and feel. Right. So it's, right. it's all divided, but the problem is we have particular, we have particulars that we organize, we don't see inside of them. When the intellect allows you to see inside, mm -hmm. so we can see that you're a man, 
I'm a man, and that covers all men, because we have a general. Instead of just listing all the different properties, as if the sum of the properties were the thing. Right. And that's the missing physics that we have, that we don't start with what we see in those simple general things. Oftentimes people say, you're talking abstractly. Well, that's the way you talk simply. You know, you talk simply by just talking about the general. So you talk about a man, you know, like Chesterton once said, um, Johnny is good. That's, that's what the mom says to the boy. That's philosophy. That's thought. <laughs> Less like the kind of particular things we say when we talk to each other that, you know, we don't know what they mean <laughs> half the time. They're big words that we don't know. We say Johnny is good. He says that's philosophy worthy of St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm -hmm. Johnny is good. Very simple. He's a good man. Very simple but general words, right? I can say good across a whole spectrum of things. And you'll know what I mean because it's general. And then we don't think of that because we're used to thinking very complicatedly and that's how it divides us. So we don't have that general knowledge. And that's, and general knowledge includes not only knowing something about these areas of physics, but other areas of life. Yeah. Uh, you know, and for instance, you know, we're, you know, you've mentioned in the introduction some of your work in history. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of times physicists may know the history of physics. Yeah. But, you know, and even then they may or may <laughs> not know yeah. some of the ancient physicists. Yeah, tend, not, tend not to. Yeah, yeah. tend not to. You yeah. know, who, you know, despite their limitations, they were brilliant. Yeah. You know, the, you know, figuring out physics and getting a fair guess at the size of the Earth's diameter by seeing the shadow of the Earth doing a yeah. lunar eclipse. The, yeah, I, you know, figuring out those different sizes of curves yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. And so I mean, it's just, they're, they're very ancient, but, yeah, but those, they, those, they don't even know that, yet alone history but, that but applies those, those to people, others. they would tend to know a little bit. Okay. The, the, the people like Archimedes and the, those Greeks, what they don't know and what people generally don't know is that Aristotle was the first physicist. Mm -hmm. They think of him as philosopher, but he's the one that gave us the generic understanding, the most general understanding of the physical world that people have lost. And with that general understanding, we can talk about like America, like we're going to, because mm -hmm. it, it covers everything, but it also, of course, covers physics. So all those things were the starting point for the scientific revolution. People don't realize that because we have, the, we have this problem that happened at the scientific revolution where we went from this simple understanding of the world to an equation alone understanding of the world. And that shift has been sort of growing a, a, you know, a crevice and a, and a division within our own thinking, within our own hearts that has gradually destroyed our ability to think rightly about things and to think in this broad way that we're suggesting that we should do. And that goes back to people sort of thinking of Aristotle as some old guy that wrote stuff that's interesting for classical studies, but not for anything else. And you see that basically in the way we think, is that the way we think is this new way, and that's what's damaging our understanding of things like history and things like America. I mean, that's the, the thing that we're, we're, of course, we're going to talk about today is how has this damaged our understanding of America? And it, well, let's take a look at that, because okay. we have... Um, right now, the number one history textbook used in the public schools is by Howard Zinn, yeah. himself a Marxist, 
who takes a Marxist perspective on history yeah. and then lies through his teeth about the facts. Mm. Uh, he's, it's, it's a deceptive mm. history that's provable. Mm -hmm. You know, that he'll take, you know, for instance, Columbus mix and match entries so that it sounds as if Columbus said something totally different hmm. than what he did. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he, he'll take entries from different days, put them in the same paragraph or side by side, and make it sound as if he was enslaving people when, when you look at the original entry, the, the, the datum mm -hmm. of the entry, it turns out he was helping one group of uh, natives of the island of Hispaniola from being enslaved oh. <laughs> by islanders <laughs> from Puerto Rico. Mm. And that they had been enslaving these people. And he'll give a quote that it's no wonder they're made slaves because they're so hospitable. And it makes it sound as if Columbus was enslaving them <laughs> when it was yeah. the folks on this other island. And he helped this one group of natives mm -hmm. to, you know, stop the other group of natives from enslaving them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, that's totally lost. And so mm -hmm. now people hate Columbus. Yeah, they do. It's, and it, it's, it's this not... kind of this kind of stuff that is being taught mm -hmm. to the teachers Mm -hmm. who thinks that they think it's true, mm -hmm. they're outraged, how do we celebrate yeah. us? Yeah. But these are the kinds of things, facts matter. Yeah, facts, yeah. Except to the writers like yeah. Howard Zinn. But the thing that I want to get to is that we're missing this deeper understanding. And so that leads us to misunderstand facts and leave out facts and change facts because we don't... Um, we don't have that bigger picture to correct ourselves yeah. when we're organizing things and thinking about things. So, so, so in, in, in America, many people will say, well, America is a deist, secularist, Protestant, young country. And what do you mean by deist? So deist is a terminology that arose around the time of the Enlightenment about, that had to do with um, people that thought that God was just somehow some kind of engineer made stuff and then went home, had dinner, mm -hmm. never came back. Right. And didn't have anything to do with the world. Doesn't make any sense, really, but it's, it's a fruit of this false understanding of science that came about, <laughs> that we talked about a little bit, that whereby the equations begin to take over the symbolic system of, of, of numbers that, that go into symbols, I'm sorry, like P equals MV. You know, those are symbols and they have numbers behind them. And those things replaced our simple understanding of the world and they made us think of God in a different way. And so that led uh, a group of people to call themselves deist and to think about God in this very weird, strange way that, that exists today in the minds of a lot of people. That he's not a creator, he's an engineer, he's the guy that makes stuff and then has the possibility of leaving. So, um, so they think of America as deist, secularist, Protestant, um, Masonic, and all these things that, are, that come out of the Enlightenment that really is the you know, people call it rationalism, but I push back against that because it's really more of an irrationalism because these kind of things don't make any sense. To talk about God as an engineer doesn't really make, finally make any sense. Right. And, and, and the, the dissing of reason really comes about when you put your equation ahead of your, what you see in front of your face. And it's something that, that 
sort of ironically that the average person does worse than the scientist because the scientist knows how to use those symbols to get to some place but the average person doesn't have that facility doesn't have that training so he just uses symbols all the time and never gets behind them because that's what he's taught and so that, that we got this false view of America <clears throat> that doesn't realize the deep history that you only can understand anything historically from is because everything comes from something. Nothing comes from nothing. Right. And so you have to look at where it came from. So where did America came from, come from? It came from this deep Catholic presence in Europe, this deep saturated thought of Christian thinking that had for centuries had soaked into the smartest people. And so when they thought about <clears throat> government, <clears throat> you had, <clears throat> excuse me, you had people like St. Bellarmine who thought deeply about government, who pushed back against the idea that kings were gods. Because surprisingly, people think of Catholicism monarchy. That's not the way Catholics have thought of themselves. No, no, no. In fact, it was the uh, king of England who came from Scotland, James I, mm -hmm. who wrote about having the divine right of kings. Yeah, yeah. He, this was something that he and all the Stuarts, his son Charles, later on James II, uh, Queen Anne, all these different Stuarts, yeah. you know, held that doctrine. And this caused a number of civil wars in England. Yeah. Yeah. And what they called the Glorious Revolution and these yeah. tensions. Because Some of it which caused the settlers to leave and come. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's interesting, that timing around then when, when um, I think it was James II was trying to become Catholic and they didn't like it, so they kicked no, him out. Yeah, they, they, he had to leave mm. the country yeah. um, because he wanted to be Catholic. And, uh, but he still held to that divine right of yeah. kings. Yeah. Yeah. Notion so, from his uh, grandfather, yeah. James the first. Yeah. And this, uh, and he didn't really have that Catholic view. Right. The Catholic thinking. Yeah. The Catholic thinking on he it. He was, was taking just, this new. Yeah. So it's image. one thing to label yourself Catholic is another thing to have the Catholic thinking. That's the point you're making. Yeah. That's really exactly. So let me read you. Can I read you something from a traditional writer? Because <clears throat> it, it has the <clears throat> has this Catholic thinking. You know, what he, you got? So here's what he says. I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convinced I am and the more proof I see of the truth that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? The sacred writings say, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babylon. So people probably can't guess who this traditional writer is. He's very Catholic in his thinking. That is Benjamin Franklin. At the Constitutional Convention, when they're getting ready to start without prayer. And he further goes on to say, I therefore beg thee, all you members of the Congress, the henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and the blessings upon our deliberations be held every morning. So this is not a deus. This is somebody who knows that God is deeply involved in the world. It's important to note because he is one of the founders of the country. Yes. Most typically identified as being a deus. Yes, exactly. He didn't belong to any one religion. No. 
But he would go to church at all of them, including Catholic Mass. Yes. And, and just, and he insisted on prayer. Yeah. At the Constitutional Convention. Right. Because all that these politicians were doing was arguing and yelling at each other. Yeah. yeah. And he knew God had to bring them peace. And he knew God was the source of rationality. And he saw in his life that God was true, that providence and all the founders had this deep understanding of providence that I would say in terms of Catholic thinking makes him more Catholic than most of us. Mm -hmm. Because we've lost that spontaneous understanding that every action is under the guidance of God. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. can be a part of it or not be a part of it. We can be a part of the, of the chaos or we can be a part of the order and the, and the rationality of it. And the whole idea that the Enlightenment was rational and Christianity was superstitious is still with us today. Most Catholics think of themselves as not needing reason. And that's, a, that's not, this way, and that way we can look at the founders and see that that's Catholicism. Catholicism is reason-oriented. It's not faith alone. It's not faith first. It's reason first. And the founders understood that and they knew that it led to him and that that was the whole function of it is to lead to him and to grow our happiness in that way. And so, you know, it's easy to knock down these things if you have these general understandings. It's very easy, but I've really not seen anybody go through and show this because we don't have that physics to make it clear. So that there's, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Jesuit John Courtney, Courtney Murray. Sure. Who wrote on this subject. There's not been very many people that's wrote on this subject from a scholarly point of view. Um, and he was one of them. And he wrote a book called We Hold These Truths. But within that book, it's clear that he's not understood the physics himself. He's not really hit the point I mean, he condemns Americans for having these laws against contraceptions and things as if it's some kind of Protestant thing. But he doesn't seem to get the idea of the physics that the natural law, the, your understanding of the world, from the, the physical world, you deduce things. Mm -hmm. And from those things, you deduce what will be, make a good polity, what will make a good politics. And that's what the founders used, all the thinking that they had, even though they didn't know where it came from. They used that thinking to come up with things and they understood that there's certain things that had to be protected legally so that you could have a society that could thrive according to man's nature. And so you see that throughout American history. One of the examples I like to give is when they were confronted with the Mormons wanted to have polygamy. When they were confronted with that, there's no, no, nothing in the Constitution that said you shall not have polygamy. There's no amendment. In fact, right. the way people would read it today is you have the right to do whatever you want. And you know, throughout American history, you see this reassertion of the natural law, which is the natural law is nothing else but what you deduce from the first physics that you see in front of your face. Mm -hmm. It's not some law handed down from the Bible or something. It's something you understand about the world. And so they knew that in a way that we've forgotten. And they saw the Supreme Court at that time had the natural law enough in them that they said, you know, the reason we're not going to do this is it's unnatural. This is not right because we can see that this is society destroying. And so they understood that natural law and they operated according to that. They didn't operate according to a legalistic, here's what's on the paper. That's why the Constitution, it's kind of stunning to see this great country and to see the four pages. It's it, not a long 2,000 page document that we have to wait till we pass to know what it says. It basically is, you know, basic general principles. And you, you it's an important thing, and just so folks understand too about that polygamy. 
Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormons, himself had at least 46 wives. Wow. With, and in one marriage ceremony, he married a mother and daughter with the husband slash father acting as best man. <laughs> and so, and you say, now that, that means they were not only, uh, you know, polygamous, but polyandrous. That, yeah. that woman had more than one husband. Yeah, I didn't know that. And so, wow. yeah, and th so that was, that kind of situation was an issue for the Supreme Court. Yeah. But also, you see the founders saying that this Constitution does not cover every single right. issue. Right, right, right. It depends on there being a people who obey the commandments of God mm -hmm. and have a moral quality based in God, or else, if they don't, you'll end up creating too many laws. Right. Yeah. And you look at our society today, where atheism and or ignoring of God, ignoring if you're a Catholic politician, many of them ignore Catholic thought mm -hmm. and morals. Mm -hmm. And what happens? They have to create more and more and more laws yeah. because they, they're trying to cover every situation. Every particular, yeah. Instead of having a moral quality by which you live normally, and this puts limits on government and other folks. But I would go a little bit further and say they didn't have the general principles that you get through the first physics that the founders had in their bones by their habits, by their training, so that they could figure out from, you know, it's not the matter the way Christians tend to think is here's some laws God laid down, let's follow them, and it's written in your heart. No, it's written in your heart only in the sense that you're made for truth. And when you right. see truth, you study it, you learn it, you learn what the truth is, and then you habituate it, and then it becomes second nature, and you, and you feel it, and you act on it according to that. And that's what they had, because they had that deep Catholic past. You know, that it kind of surprised me when I found it out, but England was starting to be Christianized in 43 AD. It's a pretty mm -hmm. deeply Catholic country. Right. It's why they were able to resist, you know, Henry VIII and all those things. You see it in Shakespeare the results of that deep Catholic thinking. But what you don't, people don't realize is that the first thing grace does, and you, and you see it robustly throughout Europe, is it supports nature, it builds nature, because grace heals and raises us. But first it heals, first it builds the natural, so it makes reason stronger, and it makes reason more complete and whole, and its ability to look at the world and see what is. And that's why you see Magna Carta, um, which, by the way, when you go to England, my English friends have told me, who visits the Magna Carta the most? Americans. Mm -hmm. That part of history that shows you the solidity of the natural law, which is what the Magna Carta incarnates. But what people don't realize about Magna Carta is it only comes up because in England there was an issue with it. But throughout Europe, people understood that God was first, not the king and that you had a nature, and if that nature was disrespected by the king, the king that was not the final authority on that, and that the people had rights. And that's what Magna Carta expressed, but it was throughout Europe, this opinion had developed through an understanding of the natural law that hadn't been ever stabilized and as deep as it was in Catholic Europe. That's why you had, and that's what people don't realize, you know, America is the 
they say, say it's a young country, can't deal with it. It's the oldest country in the world by far. There is no country by the proper definition of a country, and that is somebody with a government, the same government, as they had 250 years ago. We're coming up on our 250th anniversary. There's no country like that. It's an old, old country, and that's why people visit the Magna Carta, which is a document from the 1200s. And they say, the English don't. No, it's all Americans. And the, what I call the American incarnation of the Catholic tradition is this. And what you see and what people don't recognize is at some point in history, with the rationalization being built by the grace that the Catholic Church brings, that for the first time in history you have people saying, hey, we should have a rational country. We should have a country based on principles. Why the heck do we just have these arbitrary lines based on rivers? Why don't we have a principled-based country? And that's what America is. It's like, let's think of this, boys. And, and their argument did get out of proportion, but they were arguing in the primary sense of the word of, here's a rational reason. What do you say to that? Mm -hmm. And back and forth, and they figured out, based on their deep instincts, how to make a rational country. So you can be just as much of an American to be from Africa or from Germany if you immigrate and take on the principles of America. See, this is a very important element of the United States, it doesn't depend on ethnicity. Yeah. That's not its core. No. It is principle that yeah. anybody can learn. Yeah. And yet what we see going on in a lot of our schools and from many of our politicians is that these founding documents are from the 18th century and because they're old, they're no longer useful. Yeah, right. This principle was stated a number of times by former uh, President Obama. Mm -hmm. He would say that, it, and he, he was a professor of constitutional law, yeah. but he didn't think that the Constitution was a good document. Because it's old, it's out of date. Because it's old. And being old, I hope is not a good pr principle, <laughs> and, <laughs> and being ethnic in origin is not a good principle. Being no. part of a race is not a principle. Right, right. It is rational thought. Right, right. That is there. The, so the natural law and and what people don't again, even Thomas Paine, who is the, the only one who is rabidly anti-Christian. And he got so later. An atheistic. He, he, he was an atheist. No, he wasn't an atheist. No, no. In fact, he got in trouble in the French Revolution because he got mad. He, even he got mm -hmm. mad because he thought, as all the founders did, that you could know the existence of God. Every single one of the founders thought you could know the existence mm -hmm. of God, and they had no, no understanding of people who denied the existence of God. And that's something that's more Catholic than the average Catholic, is the average Catholic thinks God is a matter of faith. Mm. And, of course, it's a doctrine of the faith that that's not so. <laughs> excuse, that's, that's not so. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we've lost that, but they had it. Even Payne had that. In fact, he got in trouble. I think one of the reasons he was put in jail because he didn't tolerate the French. And so that's, that's a point that I think is a really important point is mm -hmm. that, you know, Dickens wrote The Tale of Two Cities. And at the beginning, he says it was the best of times and the worst of times. And this is the time of the American Revolution. And I think, I fancy that what he's saying is you had the best of the times. You had the, the first rational country, the first principle-based country, deeply planted in natural law and in Catholic thinking, Christian thinking, um, at the base thinking. And then you had the French Revolution, which was implementing 
the false understanding of science into mm -hmm. a government for the first time in history. Mm -hmm. And they did the exact opposite. Instead of saying, you know, we have to look to nature and figure out nature and nature's God, and that we have, therefore, human nature that we have to respect because it's made, that nature is made for God. Instead of that, they said the law defines, and we still have that idea today. Mm -hmm. The law somehow defines reality. And so they, they, and they immediately decided that Christianity was, a per, was, a, was wrong. And they reset the year to zero, destroying the birth of Christ, which still, we still have today as the center of history. And they destroyed the seven-day week because we can't have these cycles of worshiping God on Sunday. They made a 10-day week. And they got rid of all the feast days. And they made, you know, Fork Day. And they even changed the names of the months. Changed the names. Yeah. Because yeah. the break with history... Because, and that's what Obama and, and all of us really think. It's not just Obama. I like to bring that home. Is we're supposed to take the rod out of our own eye. And we all have this scientism because we all have this bad physics because we've been trained in it. Our physics is an equation alone physics. And it makes us think in these crazy ways. All of us kind of think that there's an updating to things. And there is. But the sense in which it, it happens is not understood. And that is there is never a sense in which what you used to know generically ceases to be true. The world is there. That's a very general statement. I'm never going to find out, wow, I was wrong about that. I guess the world really isn't there. I'm never going to find that out because it's a generic principle I already knew. And there is a sense when, with Ameri where, where we talk about the church developing because you develop, you deepen, you get more specification of your understanding, but you never destroy your previous understanding. That wouldn't be knowledge. But that is the way we think of knowledge, and that's why Obama can say we need to update it. There's a sense it's true, right? There's a sense in which we know much more than our, and as it should be, much more than the people that came before us. The men that came before us didn't have all the knowledge of accumulated between the men between now and them. But it doesn't mean what they knew, all of it was wrong. In fact, there would no be no evolu evolution of civilization if that were true. What happens is you get very general things that become more and more specific and you get more and more specific understanding, and that changes in specific ways how you do things, but it doesn't change something like the Constitution, which is very generic. Right. And right. Lincoln, Lincoln points this out, that, and we, I think we need to go back to the Declaration a lot. Lincoln points this out, that the Constitution is nothing but a specification of the natural law. He doesn't say it that way, but this is what he means, because he says, he used a Proverbs quote to say, um, a word fitly spoken, is like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. Mm -hmm. An apple of gold in a setting of silver. And what does he call the apple of gold? He says the Declaration of Independence is the apple of gold. The setting of silver is the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So the Constitution is the implementation that highlights the principles of the natural law in, right. in, in the Declaration. So Lincoln is, and Lincoln says this great statement that I think all Catholics have forgotten they need to be remembered. There's no right to do what is wrong. There's in, no right to do what is wrong. Uh, you know, a good example of that would be uh, why it's important to read ancient documents, or not even ancient, just old documents, <laughs> including the Lincoln-Douglas debates. Yes. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can get that on audio form and listen to actors delivering the debates. And yeah. you see Lincoln arguing on the principle that it's self-evident that yep. all men are created equal. Yeah, right. And... The argument from Douglas's Democrat opponent yeah. was that no, the Supreme Court decided 
that African descent people are unequal. Yeah, they're not, and, they're not literally not human. They're not right, persons. Right, <laughs> the, the, that they are, they are less than equal. So yeah. that's the law. You have to accept that, and he wouldn't. Yeah. This is where principle comes in. Yeah. And so it's a very important thing. We have to take a break right now, but we'll okay. come back in just a couple of minutes, so please stay with us. speaking with Dr. Anthony Rizzi, and you can find out a lot more about his work by going to the website of the Institute for Advanced Physics. They have a website. It's iapweb.org, iapweb.org. Great place to go and learn a lot more about thinking about physics and its application, not only to the physical world, but also to the rest of life. Also, we want to invite you to join Father Miguel Marie, uh, MFVA, our own Franciscan friars here. Uh, he's taking a pilgrimage to Amsterdam, Belgium, Germany, and Switzerland, uh, May 25th to June 5th of 2023. If you want to go, you can go to visitationpilgrimages.com or call 256-347-1475. All right, so um, let's start off with a question from our studio audience. Ma'am, where are you from? I'm from Barnegat, New Jersey. Good to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Father. Thank you. were at you. the Mass this morning, right? Part yes, I was. Group. Good it was to beautiful. have you here. Thank you. So what, what's your question? So my question to you and Dr. Rizzi is, um, do you think that in the era of sound bites, where we have immediate uh, opinions given to us, uh, the fact that we're all so distracted, we're running around, um, we don't have time to actually research what the truth is that we have. You mentioned mm -hmm. documents that... Uh, bills that are put forth with 2,000 words and we'll read it after, no time taken, if that has anything to do with the situation we find ourselves in today. And just to, uh, to start off, let me just make a little comment that comes from the spiritual life. It's an old saying, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm. Mm. But yeah. why don't you respond to Yeah, that, that's a really good point because it kind of reflects on the fact that we are. I mean, I really like Father's quote there because we are too busy. We're too busy to think. And that's one of the calls that we have to do is to, is to the founders, you know, are really good models for basic virtue. They talk about virtue all the time. And we've stopped talking about that development of your natural understanding that grace supports and grace makes stable. And we've stopped asking for that. We try to jump. To, to faith things, which are the higher things that, that are our final goal, but you don't get to the final goal without getting the intermediate goals. And we've lost, and the founders are good examples of reminding us that it's possible that 
and that, that you should do it, that, that they took the time. And the founders were all, for example, interested in science. I mean, Adams, John Adams, one of the great founders, was, his favorite subject was science. And he, took, he, 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 taught his, he taught John Quincy, one of the presidents, his son, calculus. It's like a homeschooling from the founders. And he spent that time to learn, to think with his son. And we have to go back and realize that we don't spend enough time thinking and studying. And, and that is a problem that we sort of accept sound bites as a substitute for, for thinking. You know, that, that somehow or other um, we don't need that thought in order to, to, to do our lives. And, 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 and so we ask these people to give us these sound bites. And the mm -hmm. sound bites become a substitute for that deep thinking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I guess it's a good time to show that kind of what you can do to answer your question, what you can do to kind of still your mind to the truth. And here, here are just two of the resources we have. And I don't know if Philip can get this on the camera, um, but I'll hold it over here. And, um, and, and so these are the two resources, the kid's introduction to physics that anybody can read, that gives you the basic introduction of what you see, how to understand what you see, and how it inevitably takes you to God. And that can put you back where the founders were, that they all understood that you could prove the existence of God and know it. Not believe it, but know it. And then this is the um, Physics for First Communion, which teaches you how to apply that to the faith. And that you don't understand this without this. So this is really important to get yourself calmed down and not just listen to the talking heads who really don't know very much, but who tell you a lot of stuff that you, don't, you can't sort out. It's just too much. Yeah. And the detail is not where it's at, it's the principles. It's getting the principles back. And once you have the principles, you can detect whether something doesn't fit without having to know all the details. And if you don't have the principles, which we don't, then you, can't, you have to worry about, is this fact right? Not, is the picture they're painting right? Because you want to know the general idea, is the picture they're painting right? They might get this little fact wrong, but that doesn't matter so much. What matters is, are they giving me the right general understanding of what's going on in the people they're talking about? And until we have that ability to apply a principle, and this is something we found in the Institute a lot, is that people don't know how to do basic logic and basic thinking. Over and over again, we see young men and young women who don't know or even care that they're thinking. You give them a principle, like, like the, all triangles, when you add up all their angles that abs up to 180, you give them a particular triangle, and they don't know how to apply it to that triangle. That's a red triangle. How does it work for a red triangle? <laughs> they don't, I'm serious. Yeah. You give them principles in life and they can't apply it. And that's yeah. the lesson that the founders can teach us. You learn known those big principles and it's true. It's not a stereotype. All men are rational animals, every single one of them. It's not a stereotype. It doesn't matter their race, whatever they are, <laughs> they're, they're rational animals. And that's true for everyone. There's no exceptions, no matter how sick they are, no matter how disabled they are, no matter how smart they are, whatever. They are a rational animal, it's true for everyone, but I'm, I'm really, this, I want people to understand how serious this is, because young people are incapable, smart young people are incapable of basic thinking from a general principle to a particular. That it's true in general, it's true in this case. And that, we can't understand America like that, because America is a big principle. It's about taking the basic understanding of the natural law and making a country, which by the way, when you go through St. Thomas, and he lists what the best form of government is. Read it, it's in, it's in the paper. By the way, all this is based on a paper I wrote called What is America that's available on the website, iepweb.org. But in that, I, I give the quote from the Summa where he 
reads, he, he describes the best form of government. And you read it and you can't help but thinking, wow, they, they, the founders stole that from him. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a republic. It's exactly our government. And just as an example, I mentioned how the Supreme Court had said in the Dred Scott decision yeah. that people of African descent are subhuman. This is something that was not only stated by the court, but also was stated by Charles Darwin. <laughs> Darwin wrote that African people are a species in between the ape and the hmm. human being. Wow. In his second book, The Descent of Man, that quote has been used by racists mm. over, you know, since he wrote it in the late 1800s. Mm. And when that book was translated into German, this same principle was used to apply to other people by the National Socialists, the Nazi Party, to apply to other groups. Mm -hmm. Slavic people were subhuman. Mm -hmm. Jews, of course, were subhuman. Yeah. And could be and so, and yeah. taking the principle, no, these are human beings. Pope Paul III, in 1536, had stated that the reason it is immoral, inherently immoral, to enslave anybody is because they have the same human dignity. Same human nature is the same The dignity. same nature and the same dignity the same as dig rational yeah. people. Yeah. And that we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are endowed by their creator with certain in the name. Automatic right. excommunication to yeah. enslave. Right. And today where we have automatic excommunication to kill the unborn, mm -hmm. this is, is ignored yeah, very to, to see the dignity, because again, you're a Thomist. The, a baby in the womb doesn't have full use of reason, but it has potential full reason. Yeah, yeah. So you can't abort, yeah. and that's as much an automatic excommunication as was he, slavery. The, the baby, Same principle the applied. A baby has the power, but it's not exactly. exercised fully. Not yet. Not fully exercised, it's only partially exercised. But, but the, the, and that's right, that the, but the loss of these principles, the loss of the principle of human nature, that human nature is in each one of us, and that is something that, you know, people don't understand and can't apply, and so we, we, we try to apply a sort of different type of equality. Instead of the equality of dignity that comes from human nature, we try to make everybody the same. And that, that, and all this is coming from what I call the scientism, which is this bad physics, which is uh, as if physics were equation alone, which is the way we think. The physics has so much richness to bring to us, and that's why I was able to write this article and we were able to do some of the things we do, is because once you get that, look through those equations and look at the real world, you get to say a whole bunch more beyond what the, the past people have said. And that's what should be happening, is we should be growing and we should be, we should be saying, look at all this stuff that we've been given these principles and we should be saying, now let's build and let's make them better and deeper and stronger. And, um, and, and one of the things that I really want to bring home is that as a result of these principles being so strong in American life, Americans are known throughout the world and jealous for it of being people that go after the good 
with all their might and crush evil when they see evil with all their might. And that throughout history, you see that, mm -hmm. Americans behaving that way. And that's the way Catholic, Catholics have to see that as an incarnation of a Catholic thought, because that's the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to see the good and go after it. Do you know that since the 70s, the United States has 4% of the population. You know who has the most Nobel Prizes by far? United the United States. States. Science, the ones that count. The fake ones, you know, the peace ones and stuff. that are. Hey, good hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey. You trying to say Mother no, Teresa no. is fake? No, Come Mother on. Teresa is not Back fake. Back off, buddy. This is true. This is true. But there are other recipients. Yeah. Um, and the fact is, is the science doesn't work that way because within our culture, that's the core of our culture is the science. And that, that, that works. And so there, there's strong standards for that. Within science, you still have arguments in the proper sense of the word. Wait, does that make sense? Outside of science, you don't have that. So the science ones are really an indication of the intellectual standard in a way that other things aren't. Mm -hmm. But 80% of the Nobel Prizes have gone to Americans, 80%. 4% yep. of the population, 80% of the intellectual power. And, and you know why the- And I'm just gonna add this. We, people should understand, the Nobel Prizes are not run by America. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're not. That's a, you know, so so this, this is, a, this is this not is an American institution no. to reward ourselves. No. No. This is from Europe, from this Scandinavia. From Europe. Yeah, right. And so this is... Uh, it's a more objective. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's the, very it's, objective. It's, it's science. I mean, after all, there's, there's things you can see, these new things that come out, people can see they're real. And so... It, you know, but, but this is something that's lost on us is, is, you know, the reason that the internet, you know, in the internet, like there's .ca for Canada and, and different countries have different, you know why there's not a .us? Because the internet was invented here. Right. That, it's that's just, the like same. The, just like the country code for America is one. Yeah, because the phone, well, the phone companies came here. This is where the phone, major phone things. To, and, and this is where the phone was invented. This is, yeah. This is where the phone was invented. So, so this is um, part of the, for the course for American history. I would recommend people there's, uh, that to, to really think about this because this is something we're called to as American, especially as American Christians, to, to, to live a fuller life. You know, the, the great quote from St. Arrhenius, the glory of God is the man fully alive. Mm -hmm. And we have to go after the good. It's not sufficient to hide from evil you have to go after the good, and this is what Americans right. have done over and over again. Yeah, in fact, it's very important that an individual does not define themselves by what they don't want. Right. <laughs> a lot, way too many people have a clearer idea of what they don't want, yeah. but they don't have a clear idea of what they do right. want. Right. And so they're avoiding problems. Once you focus on avoiding a problem instead of seeking the good, then you can be easily manipulated, you are manipulated by yes. various forces That's right. in the media, politicians. They will manipulate you if you are afraid. They want us to be afraid yeah. because scared people can be manipulated. You better not do that. You're going to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you'll be a bad boy. You'll do that. Yeah, and all yeah. of this is yeah. going on. We'll cancel you. You better yeah. not say that. Yeah. And the politicians do it. 
they divide us into racial groups and divide us into social groups and all this instead of uniting us around the principles that make America what America is. Right, and that principle is in the Declaration, the pursuit of happiness. That is what we're made for, is to be happy. And so we have to look for the good, that, and finally that good, of course, is God, and the founders understood that, and we have to re-understand that. But that means that there's goods in this world that we're supposed to be going after and defending and protecting and growing in ourselves. The first thing, responsibility we have is to ourselves, to grow ourselves in the intellectual understanding, and that each of us has a different level that we're called to, but all of us are called to growth in intellectual work and study. That's why I recommend the books, to get people started on that rediscovery of the whole point of our lives is to grow in truth. That's the whole point of our lives, and we've lost that. There's some other thing that we're going after. So like a lot of Americans, especially on the right side, tend to think of capitalism as defining America. But you know, the, the founders never talked about economics. No. That is, a, uh, that is a scientizing thing that comes from, I can explain it another time, but it's coming from the bad physics that economics is first. We're not about making money. Americans have never been about making money. Karl when, Marx is the one who focused on economics economic, as right. the basis of reality, but Adam Smith wrote his book on capitalism the year the revolution began. Mm -hmm. This was not. So they didn't know about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, and no. That's, that's the other thing that people don't realize is that the scientism, this, uh, this equation alone thinking that's at the base of our culture, all of our, and that's what I really want to drive home, every single one of us has that false thinking at our base. Unless we do the studying and take the time to learn and ask for the grace of God to will it and want it, we're not going to get out of this because mm -hmm. this is a thinking in all of us. But the idea that somehow Americans define success by economics is such a false one, but I think it's pretty current that people view that, and it doesn't explain America, you know, because right. the things that happen, like I recommend people read, if they haven't heard of it, uh, The Wright Brothers by David McCullough. Wonderful book. It's, that's Wonderful a great book, book. It, yeah. but it, it captures the American spirit. There is a singer, I won't tell you who he is, if you call the Institute, I'll have the secretary tell you, but I'm gonna tell you there's a singer, a very famous singer, that has a song that he wrote right after John Paul II became uh, president. And this lyrics go like this. Uh, he became Pope. Became Pope, sorry. <laughs> so he said. He wasn't born here, he, wasn't he can't born. be president. <laughs> he can't be the president. It'd be nice to have him as president, but, um, but you know, he was the Pope. Anyway, this, this singer is an American, very well known across the world, and he wrote these lyrics. Shortly after John Paul became the Pope, he wrote these lyrics. He said, there's a light in the Vatican. Popular song, there's a light in the Vatican. And when it's about time we start listening to the voice crying in the wilderness. And we especially, I especially love this man when he kisses the earth. He used to, John Paul used to come and he, kiss the earth. He said, right. we have one earth, and we all are meant to work together to grow. Right. And, and that's very typical of what I call the American incarnation of the Catholic faith. You say, this is a, a non-Catholic, so-called non-Catholic, telling us to look to the voice crying in the wilderness. Something I, I want to mention, too. You mentioned, you brought up that the principle behind America is that all men are created equal endowed by, by their, their creator, creator. Yeah. and endowed by their creator with the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And this is written down by Thomas Jefferson, yeah. 
But he didn't invent these ideas, no. did he? <laughs> no, Ballard. We have just a, we have just a couple minutes. Yeah. But t tell us who, where that comes from. So, so, so Father Rager, who's there's two other people that scholarly people that I know about that have written sc at a scholarly mm -hmm. point of view on this. Um, there's other people who've kind of commented on, but those are the two scholars. And Father Rager compiled, and I have it in my paper. What yes. is America? The comparing um, fa Father uh, um, Bellman. Well, no, Cardinal. Uh, Cardinal, Car okay, Robert Cardinal, Cardinal he's Bellman. He's also a father, but he's... S.J. He, yes, S.J., we better <laughs> not <laughs> forget that. And he is an S.J. And he, but Cardinal Bellman, excuse me, he's also a father, of course, um, and he, uh, comparing his quote with Jefferson. And it looks like Jefferson, he didn't do this, but Jefferson, there's evidence that Jefferson read Bellarmine. He had a copy of Bellarmine where Bellarmine is refuting Filmer, uh, who, who is trying to say, defend the divine rights of kings, and Bellarmine saying, no, no, no. And you read what Bellarmine says, it looks like Jefferson plagiarized St. Bellarmine. Well, there's a book of this debate. It was a written debate, because they didn't meet face to face because of the tensions, yeah. but they debated on print. Bellman debated Fillmore, who was defending King James I of England's, who as a steward invented this notion of the divine right of kings. Yeah. And Bellman, a Catholic, refutes it. Yeah. This is the same King James of the King James Bible. He believed in divine right. Bellman said, no, that's not, it's not principle. True. It's not yeah. true. Yeah. And, in, and uh, they didn't use... Bellarmine's name, but the, the but thinking the, was there. But the the debate was in the library of uh, right, Thomas right, Jefferson, the, right? And so he was citing the Bellarmine side, the Catholic yeah. side of the debate, yeah. against uh, King right. James the First Stuart. Right, of but the, the point is, is that they look Jefferson for all the world. It looks like Jefferson plagiarized. Exactly. And because and, and, and and the principles are exactly the same. And what's important with that is people re dismiss Jefferson because he was a slaveholder. Yeah. But the principle isn't from holding slavery or from Jefferson. Yeah. It's Catholic. It's, but it's natural law. We're, we're out of time, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. But you can learn more about Dr. Rizzi and his work at the Institute for Advanced Physics, IAPweb.org. I want to thank you for being with us thank again, you. and good to have you yeah, in this important to topic for all of us. And may the Lord bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And again, I'd like to remind you that Mother Angelica was inspired by our Lord to have this network brought to you, not by advertisers. So please remember to keep us in between your gas bill, your electric bill, and your cable bill, and we'll be able to pay all of our bills too. God bless you and thank you.